Sabbath. Sabbath. Uzi is a Bible name. <laughs> it really is. Um, it means strength. And my full name is Uziel, which means God is my strength. Um, and he has been my strength. He will be my strength. And I'm very grateful for him to take notice of me. You know, I come to, uh, I, I get to know different churches as I go and preach. And I, I'll make a few corrections. So I am not the director of the stewardship department. I am one of the coordinators. Uh, I work with uh, two others in the state of Texas that uh, we each get 100 churches. So I get to promote stewardship uh, in 100 churches. And I'm, I'm new to this area, though I'm not new to this work. Um, I, uh, I moved from the Houston area, and now I'm in this area. And uh, I am a student of the word. And uh, I enjoy reading my Bible, I enjoy studying my Bible, I enjoy learning. And I love that the Bible talks about everything. Amen. You know, I have a, a family members that, um, like me, make bad decisions. Thank you. But the beauty and the grace is that as we get closer to God, we make less and less bad decisions. We still make bad decisions. But we can find in Christ an awesome Savior who can help in whatever situation we may be. And I don't know about you, but I can find myself getting into bad situations. Today we're going to be talking about stewardship and as uh and as we continue i will be presenting a check that sister wilma jordan left for this congregation for this church but um i want to i want to share a perspective on stewardship and if you would join me one more time by uh, bowing our heads, closing our eyes, and going to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you at this moment grateful because we have come to you at other occasions, Lord, and you, like a good father, know how to give good gifts. And in this moment, Lord, we come to you asking that you would bless us. Lord, we need a blessing today because even though it's good for us to get out of our home and fellowship with others, Lord, it's even better when we hear a message from on high, a message that comes from you. And Lord, we have come to accept that these scriptures have eternal life and they testify of Jesus Christ help us then Lord as we open your word to speak to us guide us direct us lead us and show us your way in Jesus name we pray amen, amen. open your Bibles if you will to Exodus 
I'm sorry, not Exodus, Genesis. I, uh, I did not master Genesis, but I read Genesis every year. It seems like I was, as I was growing up and, 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 and developing more, you know, it was in a, a goal in our home to, um, to read the Bible every year. And, um, and so I would start with Genesis, and I would do well with Genesis. I like Genesis. Genesis is full of stories. You know, the Bible is, 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 has answers. But you got to understand that the answers are usually encased in a story. And you, it's easy for us to remember the story, right? We can memorize stories. It's harder for us to memorize it when it's nice and straight. The book of Proverbs is full of straight counsel, but it's kind of hard to memorize all those Proverbs, right? But when they're encased in a story, you get a case study of what somebody did and what the result was, whether good or bad. It's full of stories. Some people make good decisions. You want uh, uh, that result, follow that example. You want a bad result, well, find in the, in the Bible a story that is similar to what you're going through, and you will find there are people that chose one way and chose the other way, and then you need to study and say, well, what way do I want to go? And what way does God want me to go? And follow the way that God wants you to go. That is the way that is full of life, the, 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 the best way. It's not always the easiest way. You know, telling the truth isn't always easy. Right? I mean, telling the truth can get you into trouble. I've gotten in trouble for telling the truth. I've been fired for telling the truth. I've lost friends for telling the truth. But you know what? The truth is the best way. We are, um, what you find here is, is a picture of my three daughters and my wife. This is when we were in Conroe. We're moving from, we moved from Conroe. And uh, now I'm in the, the, the northern part. Pastor Marshall, who used to be with the, um, Adventist Community Services now in, in our department as well, and Pastor Davey, he takes care of Central Texas, I take care of North Texas, and Pastor Marshall takes care of, of East Texas. And in the, in the conference office, we have um, uh, Lynette, Sophia, and Claudia, and they're the ones that keep us in, in line and in check and tell us, tell us what to go, where to go and what to do. Um, we have a website called uh, texasgiving.org, and it is full of great resources. Now, you know, as Christians, notice what I said, as Christians, we have a, a responsibility, a duty. You know, um, Abel was, I mean, I'm sorry, Cain asked, am I my brother's keeper, right? And, uh, and God is like, yeah, right? You know, sometimes it's, it's, it's hard to do what we should do. This morning, it was kind of hard for me to do what I should have done. 
This morning as I was driving to come, to arrive a little earlier, I saw a man on the side of the road and I stopped. Now I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't able to stop immediately, right? I saw and I said, did I see something right? And I said, yeah, I was talking to my wife and I had to hang up and I pulled over, came back and stopped, and I thought about it, right? What am I gonna do? Is this guy gonna mug me? I'm going to church, God, I'm, I'm running late. Should I stop and help? Should I render aid, right? Now in the Bible, we get the, 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 that priest and the Levites who were rushing along, and I say, Lord, I, I, I understand them. But your example is the one that pulled over and stopped and rendered aid. So I pulled over and I got closer and the man popped his head up. And I said, are you okay? And he said, yeah, I'm just stretching. <laughs> so he's laying down, you know, you're stretching. Uh, I asked, are you okay? He said, yes, I'm okay. So I got in my car and I continued. Um, I, I mentioned that because our website has full of a, is full of information that can provide assistance. Now I actually have a folder that we give whenever somebody asks us to prepare documents for us because um, we prepare last wills and testament, or last will and testament. We prepare trusts. We also prepare power of attorney for finance, power of attorney for healthcare. We prepare these documents, but we don't just prepare documents. You know, we, we do that, but some people don't want that. Some people go to their local attorney, and you know, sometimes people have family members. Great, you can find, you can get this stuff on the internet. It's pretty cheap. Get it, right? We recommend for you to get it. Um, but we also have um, a lot of information. I, I, I just want to mention one of the resources. And I say one of the resources because, <clears throat> unfortunately, nowadays I, I go to many funerals. H have you been to one too many funerals this year, these last few years? Too many. But you know what? For some, the funeral was, one, it was unexpected. And you know what? We have a comprehensive checklist of 47 things to consider when somebody passes away. Not prepared by our, not, not even prepared by us, it's prepared by a local attorney. He says, do this, right? So you can find many resources. There's a tab that says resources. It's good. Please, when you have time, go there. Um, I am going to just share a few uh, examples. You notice these are the books of the Bible. Every one that's highlighted in yellow or has a red dot mentions the word inheritance. Inheritance. When you think inheritance, from now on, I want you to, in your mind, 
say this is a last will and testament. There is a last will and testament in order for this inheritance to be followed. Does that make sense? So in all these places in the Bible, you will find a last will and testament is in place. Today, I want to talk about Jesus' last will and testament. Does that make sense? Because the other title that I have for, you know, the other title that I have is plan giving and trust services or a trust officer. And it is my duty, my job, my responsibility to study the word and share with God's people the good news as found in the, the Bible about an inheritance. And I want to mention, there's, it's good news. Now we're going to start with the book of Genesis because the book of Genesis is the foundation. It's the beginning, the foundation for us to understand, to unlock a lot of what is found throughout the entire Bible, especially the New Testament. Now, some people disregard the Old Testament. I have friends and, and family members who, who are Christian, but they say the Old Testament is full of laws and a different God. It's something that we do not need to observe. But brothers and sisters, I plead with you, if you do not understand the book of, uh, or the Old Testament, the book of Genesis, you're going to have a hard time understanding the truths as found in the New Testament. The book of Genesis tells us a story of Abraham. Book of Genesis chapter 12 tells us that Abraham was an older man. Now, I'm going to speed through some of this because really we're not going to be talking about Abraham. It's just the foundation. Abraham, the Bible says, was a heavy man. Now, that word for heavy in, in Hebrew is the word kabad. Can you say kabad? Kabad. Kabad means heavy. Now, the Bible describes other people as heavy. Eli, the, the priest, was heavy. He was heavy set. He liked to eat. He was heavy. But Abraham was heavy because he was wealthy. Now, how many of you move from one place to another? You have to carry some heavy books, right? Books are underrated. They are heavy. Gold is Heavy, Abraham was full, was heavy. He was a blessed man. Now that word kabar, heavy, is also the word used for honor in the Bible, right? In the book of Exodus, you find honor your father and your mother. Kabad, father and mother. What does that mean? Make them heavy. How do you make your parents heavy? Well, you can make them heavy with Problems, but that's not what it's referring to. You can make your parents heavy by blessing them with financial assistance. You can bless them by taking them out to eat or preparing a meal for them. Does that make sense? Make your parents heavy. Now, some cultures, they bring their families in, right? And they, they, are, they do that. And, and, and for some, you know, it's very difficult to help mom or dad in this time. I just can't do it. And so, but, but make them heavy because you know what? I work with older people that have not been visited by their family. 
I think of a, a sister who's 99 years old. She lost her only son. She moved to this part of the world because this is where her granddaughters are, but her granddaughters don't visit her. She's running on empty. Make them heavy. Take care of our parents. Let's take care of our parents. Abraham, the Bible says he was a heavy man. And God promised him that he would receive an inheritance. Go to, um, go to uh, uh, Genesis chapter 12. Um, chapter 12, verse 2, it says, I will make you a great what? A great nation. Now, the word for nation can also be translated people. It's the same word. Uh, um, it, it, it's actually a word that's used several times in the Bible. But I will make you a great nation, a great people. It says, I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a what? A blessing. Christians are not just called to be blessed. By the way, brothers and sisters, you and I are called to be blessed. But we're not just called to be blessed. We're also called to be a what? A blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him, and Abraham was 75 years old. Now this man, at the age of 75, was called to be blessed and a blessing. He was an older man. His wife was 65 years old at the time. And um, Abraham was called to go to the land of Canaan. When he arrived to Canaan, God told him, walk it all because it will all belong to you. And not just to you, but to your descendants as a what? As an inheritance. Let's read that. Um, Genesis chapter 13, verse 14. It says... And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift your eyes now and look for from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward, for all the land which you see I give to you and to your what? Descendants. Now that's kind of hard, right? Because Abraham doesn't have any children. Now you got to be careful with this word descendants. You got to be what? Careful with the word descendants. Because there was an update of the will. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. There was a last will and testament, and then there was an update. You know you can update your last will and testament, right? Okay? Now, this is important. And uh, the Jews, by and large, as a, as a religion, do not understand that there was an update. You got to understand the update. The update is important for us to understand the Great Commission. Lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward, for, for all the land which you see I give to you and to your descendants. Let me tell you, God's people are promised land. Now, some of us are in the middle of saving for a house. For some land. Some of us are in the middle of trying to buy some land. Some of us have land, praise the Lord. But you know what? The taxes 
never go away. And you stop paying your taxes, and in three years, you'll lose that property. That land that you have doesn't really belong to you. I mean, it is for you, but you got to take care of it. If you don't take care of it, somebody else will take it. But there is a land. How does that hymn go? There's a land that is day. Right? So there is a land that God is preparing for his people. It was promised to Abraham from the very beginning. And guess what? God's people still haven't received that land. Now you know about the Sabbath, right? Now do you know that, it, you know, this, this quarterly, I love this quarterly, has told us that we have not yet enjoyed the Sabbath. Now we're keeping the Sabbath. And we have an advantage over, over the Israelites that were in Egypt. The Israelites that were in Egypt did not have access to a day off. But God's people right now, at least in this country, we can have a day off. But what we don't understand is that we are actually still slaves. Book of Revelation says that Pharaoh is still ruling. And he doesn't want to let us go. Because as long as sin is still in this world, Pharaoh is still in control because Satan is in control. And as much as you are free, you're not. Some of us are in debt as one of my brothers says, to our eyeballs. You're not free. Some of us are reminded daily that you are a sinner, unworthy of God's mercies. Some of us have had that conversation going all along this week and even this morning, whether or not you and I should come to church. But by grace, we can listen to the voice of truth. I like that song, the voice of truth. The voice of truth tells me that I can still be a child of God, and one day I will remove this and be clothed with, with robes of what? Righteousness. But the Jews think that only descendants of Abraham, listen to me, descendants of Abraham, but Jesus made a change. He expanded it. You don't have to be a descendant of Abraham because Jesus said it clearly in John chapter 8. You can be a descendant of Abraham, but but not be a son of Abraham. You can be a descendant of Abraham and still have a desire to hurt Jesus. You can't just be a descendant. You got to be a son. You got to have faith as Abraham did. 
Lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward, for all the land which you see I give to you and to your descendants forever, and I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants also could be numbered. Arise, walk in the land through its length and its width, for I give it to you. Go to Genesis chapter 15, verse 7. I like this, this verse. Actually, I'm just going to summarize the first part. Abraham is struggling in his faith. You know, you can choose to follow God and have peace that you're in the right place, but still be troubled. Because unfortunately, this life is full of trouble. Abraham was waiting on the promises of God and tired. God, you promised, but I'm struggling. Genesis chapter 15 says, after these things, the words of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward. I'm the one. I, be happy that you have me. You have me. Have peace, brothers and sisters. I don't want bad things to come. But if we lose it all, if we lose our earthly possessions and even our family, may we have comfort that we can still have God. Now that's easy to say, but hard to experience. Some of you are in the middle of this challenge right now. Lord, have mercy. Be faithful. You're not the only one that, are, that is going through difficulties. Abraham went through these difficulties. God told him, I am your shield. You're exceedingly great reward. You have me. Let me take care of you. But Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me seeing I go childless? And the what? Now, in some versions it says steward. But in some verses, what does it say in your Bible? Possessor, okay, steward, possessor, look in your Bible, what does it say? In mine it says something different, it says heir. Now here's the thing, this is the only time in the Bible that the word is used, the word is Meshach, kind of like Shadrach, right, Meshach, and but Meshach is one of those words that's a little ambiguous, but I think you can draw a lot from it. The word is heir, and the word is also steward. Now, this is what I think it means. This is Uzi's standard version. I think it means this. I think a steward is a person that is entrusted with his Lord's goods, and if he's faithful... In life, his Lord will make him the heir in death. Make sense? In other words, if you're not faithful as a steward with something small, should I give you something big? No. Right? If you blow $100, should I give you $1,000? Right? No. 
Right? That's why we got to be faithful in the small things. Boys and girls, be faithful in the small things. Be faithful students. Be faithful because the thing is, people notice that when you do your best in, any, in, in everything, they trust you to do your best in something harder. And guess what? There's usually a pay raise. Do your best. Always do your best. As Christians, do your best. Eleazar was the only guy that Abraham was going to put notice. Abraham could have put Lot as his heir. He could have put Lot as his, inher the, his beneficiary, the one who would receive it. But Abraham was not going to include Lot. Very interesting. His nephew maybe would have misused the money. So he was putting Eleazar. But God said, no, 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 no. I'm going to give you somebody from you. But here's the problem. And here's, here's something good. He said, he said, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this one shall not be your heir. But one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now toward heaven and count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And the verse 6 says, And he believed, Abraham believed in the Lord. And he accounted it to him for righteousness. Then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to what? Inherit it. Now, here's the thing. I need to bring this up. You only inherit something when somebody what? Who had to die for Abraham to inherit? Who had to die? Who had to die? Somebody had to die before Abraham could inherit, before the Israelites could inherit, before Christians could inherit. Jesus had to die. Oh, brothers and sisters, I, I, I want to read to you what Ellen White has to say about the Great Commission. And then we're going to read Ephesians and we'll be done, okay? I'm skipping this because we don't have... In fact, let me just say this. I believe, I, Uzi, believe that the book of Revelation chapter 5, the little scroll, is actually a last will and testament. Some scholars say there's evidence that this is one of the possibilities. And that that book has the book of life. And when that's opened and read then all these catastrophes and all these things which have to happen will take place. But then, following that, we get the promises. Um, uh, let me just share this, a picture. And, uh, they met again, but we will come to this later. We started a Pathfinder Club out of non-Adventists. I'll, I'll come to this. Um, that's really cool. Let me just get to the slide. This is the slide. 
this is what Ellen White says, Spirit of Prophecy, right? In a very obscure book, you might never have heard of it. The book is called Acts of the Apostles. Perhaps you've never heard of Acts of the It's not very common, right? Acts of the Apostles, the, the fourth volume in the Great Controversy series. Yeah, it's kind of obscure. And the chapter is called the Great Commission. It's kind of one of those, like, what does that mean, Great Commission, you know? In this third chapter of this very obscure book, she describes what the Great Commission is. She says, before ascending to heaven, Christ gave his disciples their what? Commission. He told them that they were to be the executors of the will in which he bequeathed to the world the treasures of eternal life. Now, let me break it down to you because this is important. Okay? Executor is a person. It's a title in a will. It's a person that has been entrusted to work with the judge and to find beneficiaries. What's a beneficiary? A person named in the document. Your job, our job, the job of a disciple is to be the executor of a last will and testament in which Jesus bequeathed what bequest. It's a gift at death. In fact, a bequest is usually a gift of property at death. In which he bequeathed to the world the treasures of what? Eternal life. Now listen to who we have the responsibility of sharing this to. You have been witnesses of my life of sacrifice in behalf of the world, he said to them. You have seen my labors for Israel, and although my people would not come to me, that they might have life. Although priests and rulers have done unto me as they listened, although they have rejected me, they shall have still another opportunity of accepting the Son of God. You have seen that all who come to me confessing their sins I freely receive. Him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. To you, my disciples, I commit this message of mercy. It is to be given to both Jews and Gentiles, to Israel first, and then to all nations, tongues, and people. All who, are, all who believe are to be gathered into one church. I want to read two more verses and we'll be done. Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 and on. In fact, you have to, you have to read Ephesians chapter 3. Through 14. You have to read it as a chunk, right? Don't take a text and read it out of context because a text out of context is a pretext. You know, the Bible is used to justify all kinds of things. It was used to justify slavery. It's used to justify polygamy, right? You can justify things out of the Bible, but when you read it in context, right, you learn, no, this is not the way. Now, in the Bible, you will find every time you read the word predestination, you will also find a few other things, adoption and inheritance. You cannot understand predestination without also understanding adoption and inheritance. They come in a package. 
You want to understand predestination? Understand adoption and inheritance. And I get, to, I get to share some of that with you. When a person is adopted, right? Because I have to work with a, an attorney. I'm not an attorney, but I have to work with an attorney. I have to, throughout the week, I help an attorney and we, we help prepare these legal documents. When a person is adopted, there are a few things that are required. Number one, the person who adopts accepts that child or adult into their family. They receive the family what? Name. Sometimes they can receive a new name, right? Now let me tell you this. Let me just break it down because I'm talking about spiritual things, right? When God adopts you and me, he changes whatever you had been called by Satan. He says, no more. You will no longer be called thief. You will no longer be called adulteress. You will no longer be called irresponsible. In Christ, you have a new name. You are adopted. But it doesn't just stop there. When you're adopted, you also have the, your, your father has a responsibility to do a few things. He has a responsibility to maintain you what? Financially. You know that? Your father has a responsibility to help you whenever you are struggling. Am, am I yelling? Sorry. <laughs> your father has a responsibility to support you financially. You need a car? Now, sometimes we want a very fancy car, right? But really, we need a car to get us from point A to point B, right? Sometimes I want that nicer car, right? But you, if you need a car, who do I need to ask? My father. Oh, but what about school? Your father has a responsibility to provide your mental development. It's good news. You're adopted. I'm adopted. And you know what? On a side note, Christians can do more adopting. We really can. The father also has to include you in the inheritance. Requirements. You must be part of the inheritance. Now, did you know that according to Paul, and that's what we're going to read, heaven starts here. Did you know that? Let's read it. Now we're going to skip a lot of stuff, good stuff. In fact, I, did, I was going to start here. I felt like I had to prepare a little bit better by, by giving you not Ephesians 1, 3, and forward, but we're just going to skip to it. Um, let's go to verse 11. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined, verse 11, according to the purpose of him who works. All things according to the counsel of his what? Of his will. Right here, it's not talking about the last will in Testament, but, but, but it, when you read inheritance, it is. In him also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of his work, who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that we who first trusted in Christ should be the, to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in, him, in whom also... Having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee, the what? 
guarantee of our what? Inheritance. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't really understand the word guarantee. But you know what? This is why I am glad to be a Protestant. I'm glad to be a Protestant. I am not a Catholic. I love my Catholic family. I love them. But I am a Protestant. And the, the thing about Protestantism is that you learn to read the Bible for yourself and the big premise is that you can understand it. Right? We can read the Bible for ourselves and understand it. And so when I don't understand a word, I, I look it up in Greek and Hebrew. And yes, I did take Greek and Hebrew. But you know what? I can forget my Greek and Hebrew. That's the truth. I need to brush up on it. But when I go to a Bible app like uh, Blue Letter Bible, I can read what that word is. You know what that word guarantee? The Holy Spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance. You know what that means? Down payment. Now I understand down payment, right? I understand down payment because when I want that red car, I give a down pay payment for that red car. And you know what? No one else can take it from me. It's mine. According to Paul, who understands this, you know, you can look up the word inheritance and it's found in Paul's writings. Peter talks about it, John talks about it, Matthew, Mark, Luke, they all talk about it. And it says that the Holy Spirit is the down payment of your inheritance. Now let me tell you, as a daughter and son of God, as a son and daughter of Abraham, you and I will receive an inheritance Jesus already died. And the guarantee, the down payment that you will receive eternal life is the Holy Spirit. Now look at, look at what's, what, what happens. Okay? According to Paul's writings, right? Um, what are the fruit of the Spirit? Love, Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, above all, right? Right? There's actually two more. Um, uh, I'm, forgetting, I'm forgetting them right now. Um, um, no, I don't think it's, I mean, it may be long-suffering. That might be a, just a different uh, translation, but um, they're found in a different part of the, of the gospel. That's beside the point. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have mentioned it. I thought of it, and then I mentioned it. But those are called for you to be blessed. But when you have those things, you're also a blessing to others. The Holy Spirit is our guarantee. In other words, our down payment. You want to know that you will receive eternal life? You receive the Holy Spirit. Heaven starts here, actually. Heaven starts here. According to... I didn't, it's, not, it's not what I invented. It's here. It starts here. When we receive the Holy Spirit. And when we receive the Holy Spirit, you know what? We're comforted. And let me tell you, when you are away from God, you do foolish things. 
In the Bible, in the book of Proverbs, you're either wise or a fool. You're either wise or a fool. If you don't follow God's recommendations, you're a fool. Now I can do foolish things. Right? That's my default. But in Christ, I don't have to do those things. And I can do things that are better. But you have to realize that without Christ, you are foolish. You have to consider yourself a fool. And then God can work with you. He's okay, my son. Let me show you the way. Let me show you the way. Now let me end with this verse. This is the last verse I said I was going to share. This is Psalms chapter 2. Psalms chapter 2. Now we know the Great Commission. We preach about that a lot, right? Psalms chapter 2 says who Jesus is going to claim. Psalms chapter 2, verse 7. I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me, You are my son, today I have begotten you. Ask of me and I will give you what? The nations for your inheritance. Now where was the last time we read about nations? We read it this morning when we talked about when we read about uh, Genesis 15, that he will be a blessing for the nations, and, he, and through you all the nations will be blessed. Now here's the thing. As Christians, I, by the way, I love this. I love this. I love this. You know, you know heaven is going to be a mix. Everybody's going to be there. And you know what? God wants us. Let me repeat this. God wants us to not just try to evangelize other Christians. We need to start evangelizing other religions. Let me repeat that. We need to stop trying. Look, we have a three angels message and, and Babylon has fallen. Does that make sense? But Babylon is every world religion. Make sense? Every world religion. It's time for Christians to do what Jesus asked us to do was to not be respecters of religions. Now, I, I'm not saying disrespect others. That's, no, that's not what I'm saying. That wasn't Jesus' method. Jesus helped people. Jesus showed love to people. I have uh, taken a long time. I want to read one last thing. This is as found in a last will and testament.
last will and testament of Wilma Jordan. Knowing and trusting in the love and mercy of the Almighty, the leading of the Holy Spirit, and Jesus Christ's substitutionary death, burial, and resurrection, to atone for my sins and the sins of my fellow believers, recognizing that all my earthly possessions are a result of God's blessings. Blessings to me, being a full age, and sound mind to hereby make, publish, and declare this to be my last will and testament, revoking all other wills and codicils heretofore made by me. I'm going to skip to the last paragraph. And in that last will and testament, she remembers the Garland Faith Community Church. Uh, Elder Stewart, would you mind? Accepting this. I have one more thing to read. Now this is a big check. And this is not the one we're going to take to the bank. <laughs> but now that it's in your possession, I want to read this to you. This will, this is what is found in Last will and testament. This will expresses my desire. This is Sister Wilma. For the distribution of my estate at the time of my death. I should like to state to all beneficiaries, including this church. I should like to state to all beneficiaries that shall be in my estate that what is bequeathed to you comes in reality from the hand of God, our Creator. My hope is that you, as beneficiary, will likewise be a faithful steward and help in hastening the return of Jesus, our Savior, through the wise use of what you have received. Would you guys accept a prayer from me? Yeah? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what, what an example. What an example from Sister Jordan. And I know that saving comes at a sacrifice, but she made this gift with love. Because, Lord, she loves you, because she loved her brothers and sisters, because she trusted that they would make good decisions with it, we want to ask, Lord, for this church who has a great commission from you. Give them the wisdom, the courage, the strength, the valor, to represent you well and hasten your return. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.